You are listening to the Feedback Podcast with my homie Back. All right, welcome to the Feedback Podcast, everybody. My name is Back, and this is episode number 204. Yeah, 204. And uh, I'm really excited. A couple announcements before we get, I introduce today's guest. Uh, number one, do me a favor, go to uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to this show. Uh, leave a comment, a rating. It helps. Uh, share it with your friends. I've been talking to a lot of funny people, a lot of comics. The archives go deep, really deep with DJs and musicians and bartenders and all that good stuff. So um, sharing helps, commenting helps, rating helps, and all that good stuff. And number two, Hip Hop Bingo is returning on Sunday, June 6th. So mark your calendar. I will be sharing more information as we get closer. But just know it will be Hip Hop Bingo and some comedy. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Make sure you follow the feedback on Instagram and Real Hip Hop Bingo on Instagram as well for announcements as we get closer to the date. Now, without further ado, let me introduce my uh, guests for this episode. We got the very funny Jared Stalling. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, back. I'm just chilling, hanging in there, keeping it cool, you know? Yeah. Was that a Wakanda or a DMX sign you just did? <laughs> it was Wakanda and DMX. Shout out <laughs> to the legends, all right? Gone but never forgotten. Yeah. Were you a big DMX fan? Yeah, I was a huge DMX fan. Everybody was. Like, if you weren't, like, I was just, like, I was one of those weird kids who would just, like, wear, like, Rough Rider t-shirts and just start barking, like, no, out of nowhere. <laughs> Hi, Jared. Arr, arr. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, for real. I'm telling you, Rough Riders, Eve, 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 Eve. Yeah, nobody was touching them. Yeah, I mean, sis, did you watch the Rough Riders Chronicle on BET? Yeah, yo, I didn't know it was like on some hustler shit. Like those two brothers yeah. who were like, you know, they were hustlers on the street, and they came up with you know the Rough Riders, and you know, going. What I didn't know, so um. Was that they actually they had a whole street team where they would go from city to city before the Rough Riders yeah, or GMX yeah. would come to their city and be like, "All right, where are the bikers at? Let's get all the bikers, get all the motherfuckers with you know with uh, bike clubs and and all of that, and and get them yeah. like tickets or get them flyers, get them Rough Riders shirt, and it became this huge thing. So when Rough Riders Anthem came out, I mean, you saw the video when it's like you know everybody. Just blowing up. It was just well, yeah. It, it it's sad, man. Everybody it, had it, huh? Everybody had everybody had those rough rider shirts. They had the rough rider logo. Like it, it was just like I remember my dad bought a motorcycle back then too. Uh-huh. It was like 2002 or something like that. He bought a motorcycle and he was just like throwing up rough riders and all that shit. Made it. He made it lame for a second, honestly. Uh-huh. Uh, but <laughs> how, how old was your dad at the time? It's uh, like. Uh, Late thirties. Oh, okay. Then that's fine. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. But then I'd like it's it's not legit if it's older. But I was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is around the time you know DMX you started wearing the chains and all that shit. Or <laughs> you bought dogs, <laughs> leather for no reason. Well, we had a lab because we lived it up the suburbs. So like we had like we gonna show up to like a bike rally with like a a black lab who's just like licking everybody and trying to play catch, you know. Oh, wait, so you in a suburb listening to GMX. Yeah. That's how I rolled. 1998 or 99, around that time, it was like, oh, you know what? Yeah. I can relate to this GMX, all the pain and suffering. and the, Yeah. What, what was your favorite joint? 
Oh man, I would say the honestly, yeah, honestly, all great, but the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, the one he did on the table, yeah. Oh, that is just like some DMX shit right there. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. This this was like when he he was uh, like slapping on the table. I forgot it. What what was the interview mm-hmm. for? It was at a radio session or something. And then he started doing this uh, Rudolph. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, that this was like legendary X. Printed the lyrics. Lyrics. Would you do us the honors of spitting Rudolph the Reynolds you know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Come on! Rudolph the Red-Nosed uh. Reindeer had a very shiny Come on. nose. Uh. And if you ever saw him, you would even say it close. Come on! Come on! All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join any reindeer games. Then one fall. Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Come on, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you ride my sleigh tonight? Then all the reindeers loved him, and they shouted out weekly, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer, you go down to history forever, you go down to history forever, you go down to history. What? <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, I fucking love it. <laughs> See, that's why this is a legend. Legend. Stuff like that makes you just like, Legend of it. Yeah, you can't you can't not smile when you see this when you hear and you see this kind of shit. You know, there's this this other video of him on a roller coaster with his daughter, and his daughter freaks out and he he holds his hand and goes, Daddy's here, daddy's here. He had like 15 kids. Yeah. <laughs> 15 yeah. Kids. But this is you know, when when you talk about um rappers that like live I don't say live the ripe life, but like that stay true to themselves and actually, mm-hmm. you know, you you live through their lyrics. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Like there's, only, there's only a few of those. It's not like he was playing to be a rapper. He was actually like, he got to share everything that was going on in his life. Um, when you hear a song like Damien, you know, stop being greedy. I'm falling. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm slipping. I'm falling. I can't get up. Like this is somebody who's like, you know, Who's true to his emotions? Like he wasn't playing no character, and so it, it's sad. But I, I think that you know it's one of those deaths that I think that hits everybody to some degree, whether you're a DMX fan or not. But everybody, everybody was touched by DMX in some shape or form. In some, he, shape he form. his death, his death was so huge it outshined Prince Philip. Like, yeah, fuck him. Who gives a shit about the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about the? I did, I'm not the yeah, next time, oh God, Prince Philip, I fuck him. Like, he was twice his age. Prince Philip was like 99 or 100. I'm like, yeah, of course, let, let him fucking go right. away. Who, who cares? Nobody knew he was still yeah. alive to begin with. His death was bigger than a royal mem- a member of the royal family who's considered a god on this one little Polynesian island. Like, that's just what's crazy to me. That's how huge DMX was and how influential. Like, he was, he was just like, ah, oh, yeah, fuck this dude. Like, even like, this is DMX, yeah. And they're, like, gonna, what, uh, in Yonkers, I think they're gonna, like, rename, um, I mean, they always do that, rename a street, the street after yeah, somebody, yeah. but, so, that'd be cool, man. Yeah, it it, it has to happen. Uh, did, did you watch the verses, him versus Snoop? No, nah, I did I mean, I saw clips of it, but, I mean, I, I didn't really watch many of the verses things. Really? Except I watched Gucci, I watched Gucci and uh, <laughs> Young Jeezy. Oh, 
Drop the hook oh, for the people I get killed. I did not care for that one, man. To me, it's the, uh, for those who don't know, and I think we talked about it last time, Versus is this this thing that Swiss Beats and Timberland put together when the pandemic started. And it's basically putting two artists going head to head, 20 songs. Um, and it was a way, you know, it's a way to celebrate artists while they're alive. You know, so they've had Ludacris versus Nelly, DJ Premier versus Reza, Keisha Cole versus Ashanti. Nicole versus um, Brandy. Uh, the last the date was um, Earth, Wind, and Fire versus uh, Isley Brothers. And then our mm-hmm. 420 is going to be Met the Man versus Red Man. So, but there was a DMX versus Snoop. And it takes, now it takes a whole different like dimension, you know, now that it's gone. Because you're like, okay, at least mm-hmm. he, got, he got his props and people were able to enjoy the man and his craft and what he brought to the game you know, before he passed. Because, you know, a lot of times, oh, we're going to release a, an album after his death, all unreleased shit. And like, no, nobody cares. It's sad. But. Yeah. It, it's sad. Especially because it was like addiction that got him. And we and he had like, towards the end of his career, like he, he had very like public displays of like how much this was affecting him, like how much his like addiction was affecting his life. He was on a reality show. Mm-hmm. I think that might have been, I don't know if that would have been his lowest moment, but yeah, he was on like a reality show. You know, one of those exploitive things where it's just like, yeah. I'm going to help you, but after we get millions of dollars in views and shit. But um, yeah, so it just sucked because it was just like, damn, like he like, he never, he never beat it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you were I, all pulling for him and he never beat it. Yeah, I mean, it was in and out of rehab. Uh, I don't know what it was an OG of what though? Pain meds? Cocaine? I don't, I don't even know what it was on. It, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But yeah, he had his demons. Uh, I mean, there were there were uh, um, like maybe two MTV awards in a row that he he didn't show up at. Do you remember that in the two thousands? Like when, at the height of his of his yeah. uh, of his career, like he would it, it was like if you, in the chronicles, I think he talks about how he would freak out because he, he wasn't used to getting that type of love from people. Mm-hmm. And when it got to the point where holy shit, people love me, I don't know what to do with this. I have to find a way to to self-destroy or whatever. And he wouldn't, sh- he wouldn't, wouldn't show up at, at tapings. He wouldn't show up at award shows because he was out getting high somewhere. And he's like, yeah, I mean, you know, with this whole, you know, mental health thing happening um, with COVID and, and all of that, like it's, it's, it's totally, not that it's understandable, but yeah, it, it's a sad thing. You're like, you never know what someone's going through at the end of the day. So. Yeah. Do you think they'll list DMX as a COVID death? Just, you know. I'm, I'm not going to speculate. I, well, I'm about to anyway. <laughs> he asked me the question. He asked me the question. No, I, I, I think it's an accumulation of stuff. Of uh, yeah. I don't know what happened after the verses. That verses was what? Last, just a few months ago. Really? Yeah, I don't think it was very long ago. No, it, wasn't, it wasn't that long ago, but... I don't know if anything happened from that or he had deals or because usually after reverses, like your numbers go up on Spotify and people start paying attention to you more. Uh, you start getting more deals. You know, uh, companies want to hire you to do stuff. Uh, that's not really a way to know. I mean, regardless, here's a man who had his demons that he wasn't. He was always upfront about it. And, you know, he lived the life. I mean, yeah, 50 is fucking young. It's young as hell. 
<laughs> that Prince Philip was there 100. Fuck him. He could, he could have left a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> Joe Rogan's 50, what, 53, and he's doing something. He's dragging elk, slitting elk's throats in the mountains of Montana. So, yeah. fucking wild. No, seriously. No, but, but it, it, it's one of those deaths that you like, in, 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 the, in the music world, that you can't picture a world without that person. Like, even if you you know what they're going through, what's happening. Like, nobody could could have pictured a world without Prince. And then he died. And then you couldn't picture a world without Prodigy for Mob Deep if you were a hip-hop fan. And he went away. And now DMX. You know, same thing when Dilla died. Same thing when, uh, I mean, Michael Jackson died too. And, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, there, it's that time. They're, they're going away. The, 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 the people that I that I idolized growing up or going away. And it's sad, but can you imagine the day Snoop dies? Mm -hmm. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Like every time. Yeah. yeah, No, I can't. I can't. I mean, I can imagine it'd be like, what what, similar, like when what happened with Nipsey Hussle, I imagine it'd be the same as what happened with Snoop. It would be much bigger with Snoop though. But way bigger than Nipsey. Like I wasn't a Nipsey fan. I knew who he was. I know some, maybe a couple of his records. But Snoop is like, you know, that, that there's the meme going around that, about uh, like when uh, when you finish the main mission, you start doing side quests and it's Snoop like mm-hmm. doing wrestling or commenting on boxing shit mm-hmm. or hosting his own show with Martha Stewart or doing all kinds yeah. of different doing commercials for Corona, whatever the whatever other brand is doing. And it's like and yeah. he has his own football league and uh, it's like Snoop can do anything at this point and always make it cool. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I just he's he's. I just like I guess imagining him die because he's like young. He's doing well. I mean, I'm, unless there's like an accident, of course. But hey, man. So like 2022, Kobe. <laughs> yeah, that's for, for real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then everything weird. went downhill from there. So shit, you're not promised tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Really Dre did. was was had a was in a hospital just a few months ago. And people yeah. were freaking out about it. I'm like, fucking Dr. Dre. That fucking, he's going through a, a divorce. I'm, divorce, I swear to God, like, divorces age people so much. I know people who, like, back home, like, mm-hmm. where I'm from, who are, like, getting divorces. And, like, they visibly look older. I mean, it ages you, like, five years. It puts you by, <laughs> I don't know what you go through. It, 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 puts some, it puts you through some shit. And so I guess, like, he's going, because he's going through that divorce with his wife right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he like freaking like, had a stroke or something like that. Yeah, stroke or aneurysm or one of those things. That the, yeah, the, yeah. And that's the uh, thing. Yeah, like, yeah. You're, but there, no, no matter you can have the best doctors in the world. You know, if, if it's your time to go, it's it's, it's, your, it's your time to go. It's it, it's not on you, unless you do something. Mm-hmm. Unless you do something really stupid. But you know, accidents happen. But shit, that would yeah. mean, I didn't mean to start the podcast on a somber note like this. No, Let's talk about the good. death. Let's talk about death. Um, that is good. Wait, so um, where are you from originally? Where, like, where'd you grow up? Originally, originally, this place called uh, Blacksburg, Virginia. Uh, um, if you stop saying this place called, it means nobody knows where it's at. It's where Virginia Tech is. So, like, if you know, it's like this big college, uh, Virginia Tech. So, I'm originally from there, and it feels like a cow town. Literally, this was like, like you know, it was a kid, it was like 20 some odd years ago. But, like, 
uh, it was a, it was an ag town the whole time. It was just farmland and fucking country people. And then a school that's a, a, literally a farming school. Uh-huh. So I'm like from up there and like out there. So the that area. You said earlier. Well, initially, initially, no, initially it was just country. Like we lived, um, uh, a couple spots we weren't doing too well. So we were like hopping around like the outskirts of the County and all that. So we were just living, I mean, mainly just like far out spots, just like that. So we're not really suburbs, just kind of just wherever the hell somebody, some redneck built a house. We, we lived in it. <laughs> so what, what was it about comedy for you then growing up? No, I always liked comedy. I mean, growing up, I got to, I mean, all I ever watched as a kid, like as a kid, kid was just like BET and like black media and all that stuff. Like that's all comic, we had. Like Comic yeah, View so, and all that shit? Yeah, like Comic View. I mean, before that too, like I'm like Red Fox was like the first kind of uh, oh, wow, okay. comic I, I, I got put on to. I mean, this was, I was a kid and they were just like, this is Red Fox. Remember those TV shows like Martin and yep. Steve Hart? Like, yeah, that was what I was on. Like, Hanging out with Mr. Cooper. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, um, Mr. Cooper, yeah. Yeah, I always was like cracking jokes with people and just like screwing around as a kid. Everybody does that. But uh, yeah, it's kind of what got me into it. And then I just like decided to take the leap, get up on stage, which is the hardest part. And then been what doing made, it ever since. Why made you take the leap then? Um, honestly, a lot of edibles. I was high <laughs> as hell. <laughs> You're like, I got to be hot as fuck for my first time. I was high as hell when I went up. I had like probably like 50 milligrams or something like that. Yeah, uh, at least I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like I went up on stage uh, at this one spot. And I was just like, I was, I was, I was, I was baked. And then I went up and like first time, only way I could build up the nerve to do it. Cause I'd seen it. I knew it was there. Like the, the comedy spot was like around the corner. I knew it was there. I mean, I occasionally stop in just to like grab a drink because there was a bar. Uh-huh. Um, so then I went up and then I just like did it. I was high and like I actually did very well. Like, really? Was do you remember the jokes? Of it. Do, you have, do you remember? No, the- I don't. <laughs> you have a recording. Just crowd work. Huh? Yeah. Well, like there was a recording of it that like the the venue showed me. Oh, okay. Uh, because he because he like he was like I'll sell you this and I didn't buy it. Of course, I, he was like, I'll sell you this. But that was my first time doing comedy. I was like, why am I going to pay someone $20 for this? But, you know, like, I didn't get it. I didn't get that that was like a, a, a hustle for him, what you do when you're doing comedy. Uh, but he played it back, and he was like, yeah, it was really funny. You're really funny. And it was, actually, I remember, I was like, oh, that was pretty funny. Um, people told me that. My friends who were with me told me that. And then every, the next time, so, and then, like, the next time I went sober, unfunny for I'd say like six months. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, hold on. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I went on. I went on. Wait, no no no, no but uh, so how long first of all, how long ago was this? Oh, this is four and a half years ago. What oh a year and a half ago? Four and a half. Oh, four and a half. Okay, four four and a half years yeah. ago. So you went up. You were high as fuck. Got off. You're like, okay, this is dope. I really enjoy. It. I got laughs. I don't remember my jokes, but whatever. I'm high as fuck. Come mm-hmm. back sober, and it doesn't work. Like how many how many minutes did you get? 
same spot? Uh, I got I got four. I think I remember I got four minutes. Um, yeah, and I went back because I mean I didn't know what I was saying. I was just like literally like thinking about stuff I was doing that day. I don't know. I was thinking it was like I was at a store. I was getting hot. Something about smoking weed, doing this, and then in San Francisco, like where we be these big ass fucking raccoons, dude. Like I'm telling you, San Francisco has the biggest raccoons I've ever seen. Because like I don't know. So like I was telling jokes about that. I was just riffing on talking raccoons, and it was funny. But then like. I was just like in a different mindset. I was just like literally uh, in a different, my mind was like astral projecting. Like I wasn't even in my body. I was just like watching over it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when I'm like sober and normal, like I just like, it just doesn't come across the same. Wow. How'd you get over that for, for six, after six months? <laughs> I took a break for a while. I was like, this might not be for me. And then, uh, <laughs> I moved back uh, to North Carolina and I picked it up again. And because it was a different scene, maybe it worked better or? Yeah. Well, no, nah, it was actually because I would still get high. I would still be like on edibles when I'd go up. Uh-huh. Like the, I went sober and I was like, this doesn't go well. And then I was like, I'm just going to be really high again. I'm going to do it. I'm like, that's how you do it. Like, I'm going to be high every time I go. And then I would get really high and it just wasn't as funny because I'm not. It's just, you know, I'm super high. Like, sometimes that comes across. So, man, I, I only went, like, eight or nine times. But I, are you still high when you do this? No, because I haven't noticed. No, not really. I, mean, I might have, like, smoked that day, but, like, not just, you know. Now it works? Sober? Mm-hmm. Somewhat? <laughs> Yeah, so somewhat, you know. Yeah, that's the best way to do it, though. Like, I learned because, like, even still, like, as I progress through comedy to get over my nerves and get over just, like, relax more, but you'll never be relaxed enough. There's not enough alcohol to make you relaxed enough to go up on stage. You're just going to be drunker and more anxious. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would do for a while. And then, like, slowly you get to the point, it's like, oh, yeah, the best way to do this is sober. Kind of get that feeling over it. Just take it, take your licks, yep. and, you know, deal with it. I mean, that, that's, you know, I, 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 I did that a, a few times because I know that when I'm, when I'm high, not that I'm funnier, but, like, I, I, like I don't stutter as much. Like I actually, yeah. I actually think of my sentences as I'm speaking, as I'm speaking to just, just now, if I were high, this would, sentence would have come out just clear, but just because I'm sober, I, I tend to start a little bit, but I'm also, I'm going through some other shit with languages and swapping French and English that fucks up my head. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's a weird yeah. thing because, you know, it's the same with, with comics who, who, you know, who, uh, who can't do it without being drunk. And you think like, yeah, they're drunk, so they they raw with their emotions, they raw with their jokes, and it comes out funny just because of the state they're in. But if you want to be that, if you want to be that comic, you know, so be it. You know, be a drunk comic, be a high comic, you know. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's like you know, you pick your lane, and then if you want to, if you want to work things out and really do it, I think sober is the way to go. So. Not that I'm, yeah. doing, not, yeah. not that I'm the judge on that by any means, but yeah, to each his own. Especially for your health, yeah. Especially for your health, if you think about it, if you got to be drunk every time you go do comedy, and as much as you need to do comedy to get good at it, 
Yeah, yeah. You, you, <laughs> your career is going to be like 15 years before you're dead. Yeah, easy. You end up, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, but what, what, else, what else do you do besides comedy then? Um, I work a lot. I don't want to say I work a lot, but like, yeah, I work. I work in tech. Um, and then I have a job bouncing at the bar. Um, what bar? And but it's called Lefties. It's on it's on Sixth Street. It's like a chiller, low key spot. Um, You're the door guy. Chicken wings. I'm the door guy. I'm the whatever guy. You do whatever. Somebody asked me to, like, <laughs> yeah. Somebody asked me to hold their dog the other day, so you know. You the whatever guy. I don't I don't know what that means. Like you're I'll a like, guy, whatever bartender, people need. take the trash. Look, <laughs> take the trash and bar back. So like the bartender be like, hey, Jay, can you go grab me this? I'm like, all right. And then like after my people put their masks on, we still got the mask. I have to just, of course, like make sure people aren't smoking. And then when people are at the tables and they're like, hey, can I get napkins? I got to go get them napkins. I'm basically the slave. I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Yo, Jared, uh, I'm going to need you to clean the bathroom. Somebody just threw up. Yeah, that that's the happen. only thing I don't have to do. That's the only thing I don't have to do unless it's like, I don't know, bad. Like, I don't know. It's got to be really bad for somebody to call you. Say, okay, well, where, where's the slave? Let's, yeah. let's get him to clean some bathrooms. He's the whatever guy. <laughs> I'm the whatever guy. It's all good. And then if there's a fight, you know, I'm supposed to be the one who breaks it up. Like, uh, we had this, home, I don't even know if she was homeless, but we had this drunk woman come in. Like, this was like two weeks ago. Uh-huh. Drunk woman came in swinging on me. What? Like I'm just like nothing. Like I asked her. She came in and she had like a water bottle, right? And we can't have like outside drinks. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. people will try to sneak, you know, alcohol in. Um, I was just like, "Ma'am, sorry, you can't do that." And then she was like talking to each table, and I was just like, and then I went up closer. I was like, "She smells like straight like a bottle of fucking whiskey. Like she drank the distillery because like." So then, like I like basically I'm like bouncing her and I have to actually physically kind of like no you really need to push you like you don't like put your hands on them but you just like get in front of them and you kind of steer them and give them yeah, a little, yeah like a little cattle release. just kind of like put your hands out and you're like all right yeah. we're gonna I'm gonna direct you this way and then yeah. this it's way kinda, yeah yeah look at my hands just playing my defense hands and basketball yeah exactly and basketball <laughs> defense like I got I'm in the post and right now this is where we're at you know <laughs> hands up but I got another one you know I'm letting you know I'm there is what I'm saying yeah um so I'm escorting her house. She just starts making a scene a little bit. One of my managers, this tiny little dude, uh, he's like five one, five one dude, uh, <laughs> and he's just like, "You need to leave. You need to leave." So we're throwing her out, and then uh, this is funny because like when I'm like pushing her out, like I'm not pushing her out, but I have like my hand on her back. Uh-huh. She like trips and falls. Oh, right. And then I was like, <gasps> I was like, nope. I was like, then you saw it because like I literally had like. There was no push. It was just like I was literally it's like defense. Like yeah, you could see like I I didn't have any contact. So she like trips because we had like this sketchy uh, gravel floor in this one area. Uh-huh. So it's like loose gravel and rock. So she goes down, and then that was just enough. She kind of stopped, honestly, just to make a fucking scene. Uh, and then she kicked me when she was on the ground. I was just like, "What the hell?" And the, the manager got her up. He was like, "Can you leave?" And she started swinging on me. White girl, right? I was just like, yeah, well, white woman, yeah. Oh, so how old do you think? Upper 40s. Upper 40s, by herself. By herself, yeah. Potentially having a mental episode. Uh-huh. 
but the alcohol did not help either. <laughs> so like, like that's like shit that I have to do. Like I was just like trying to take out the trash when I had to like, oh okay, pivot and like throw somebody out, and then I'm like about to get fucking, you know, I had to stay. I had to stay with it, you know. Uh, uh, did so she, she did she land one on you? No hell no. Well, I stepped back. She came <laughs> with a right, and I just whoop like Mayweather. <laughs> Like, bitch, you don't even know. I could. And so what what happened? That's it. We were just like, they're like, if she comes back, we got to call the cops. Because, like, you know, you can't do that. But she was walking in the street, like, in the middle of the road. I was like, we don't need to call the cops because this bitch is about to die. Um, (laughs) So we're good. God damn. I mean, (laughs) this this is what I love about. About six straight. How long have you been in Austin? So just about a year now, something like that. Uh, two years, two years, two years, two years. Okay. So back in my day, it wasn't called Dirty Six. It was just Six Street. I don't know when the flip happened that they call it Dirty Six, but uh, now I, I have a dirty shirt on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out to Dirty Bills. Um, but I remember like we I've seen riots on Six Street. Like full on fucking riots, and I remember like on on one side I forgot what it was what it was about. It, it had to be one of those like big. Oh, I think it was uh, it was either Mardi Gras or Halloween, one of those big holiday things. Mm-hmm. Probably Mardi Gras, but it was literally you had on one side of the on, on the east side of Sixth Street. When I say east, it's like maybe Nietzsche's. Like he's going towards 35 and had the cops. And on the other side was everybody else. And they were flipping cars, you know, like pepper spray and all. I'd never seen that downtown. But this but that happened about twice that I can remember. But I I was always fascinated by like you could just stand on Sixth Street and just watch. Watch shit happens. Especially at two o'clock in the morning. You ever done that? Yeah, I, I try not to because, oh. like, honestly, like, it gets wild. Like, if the people, those people shouldn't mix, all those people should not be mixing at two o'clock in the morning with alcohol because something always kicks off. It, but it's, you want some material? Shit. Just, I, I would post up, I used to just post up on the corner at two because it was my favorite time of the, the night. Because the rest of the time, you're just going from bar to bar. I mean, if you like people watching, you see it in the bar, you see it in the club, whatever. You know, there's a couple fighting. There's a group of bachelorette party. You know, uh, just there's always that one bitch that's never happy. And there's the one that always Mm -hmm. goes to the DJ booth. Can you play my song? Can you play something we can dance to? I'm like, "Uh." I'm not even the DJ, but I felt for them. Because every time I see one of those, I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. But you stand on a corner and then that's when it starts. You see couples fighting. You see girls walking out like, oh, where's Becky? And then she got to run back in to get her. Or, you know, uh, somebody's holding this girl's hair because she's throwing up in the alley. And then guys mm-hmm. trying to hit on, you know, hit on girls, you know. The like, woman throwing up in the alley. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the best. It's the fucking best. It's the best thing to watch. I call it two o'clock yeah. theater. It's it's the best. Like, if you don't, unless, unless you're in it, but otherwise, <laughs> unless you're in it, because you we never know when you'll be in it. Oh yeah, when you're in it, it's no fun. It's no fun. A when fight it, breaks out, like you're too close. You're in it. 
I've been oh, in that situation too many times. Oh, really? Like what? Yeah, I was in Oakland, Oakland, California. I was just standing there eating, uh, you know, I call it street meat. It's like the hot dog dude who sells like yeah, yeah, yeah. this. 2 a.m., same about, about the same time. I was just like getting, when you're drunk, those fucking hot dogs are so good. I don't know. Anything is good when you're so drunk, good. man. Anything yeah. is good. Any two o'clock food. You don't have water burger for lunch. You always have it at two a.m. That is the yeah. or I hop or wherever yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> for real. So like, uh, yeah, I was just standing there getting like a hot dog, man, and a fight just breaks out. And there's like so many people around. I turn around, like I am first in line. There's one other person in front of me. So yeah. I guess I'm second. And then there's like a wall, and there's like the people around us because like a whatever so the fight breaks out behind us and it's mm-hmm. like we got nowhere to go there's like the hot dog dude with his big hot dog stand mm-hmm. and then like so i was just like pinned and it was just like a bunch of shit going on i was like someone's gonna hit me luckily i didn't i saw other people get hit though that's always funny that is always funny when there's a fight breaks <laughs> out and like someone else gets hit that ain't you <laughs> got nothing to do with the fight and they're just like what the <laughs> fuck was this here <laughs> just too close just too close no, but I, 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 I like when, uh, usually when dudes fight, the other guys who are just like, it, it, you know, it starts a little circle around them, like in the middle of the street. And the thing about downtown Austin is that the cops don't, don't show up right away. You know, even though they, they were barricade, you know, 6th Street after like at 9 o'clock or whatever, uh, but they don't call, it takes about like five to 10 minutes. And in that time, like somebody's getting knocked the fuck out. There's somebody, somebody's in this, somebody, and then as soon as the cops show up, then everybody starts running. But when if it, if it's a girl fight, that shit keeps going and going and going, and it's actually more brutal. Yeah. And no offense, but it's actually fun to watch because nobody steps in. Yeah. No, no dude steps in unless it's your girl. Yeah, because we know <laughs> no one's gonna get hurt. Like, you know, someone's going to like, gonna it's not like risk here. Yeah. It's you're going like, to get some hair pulled. Some nails gone, some jewelry. Somebody's oh. going to have their ass out. Someone's going to lose with a titty. Like, that's just like, that's what we know is going to happen. And it's going to be comical at best. At best. When dudes fight, you know, like, it's always like, there's a chance it's going to escalate. His friends yeah, jumping yeah, in, their friends yep. jumping in. Somebody getting shot. I've never seen in my life, ever in my life, the chick chick fight just like yeah out of hand. Yeah. Never. This, I, I've it, seen I've seen wigs pulled, like the girl just took her wig off, like, all right, come on, bitch, let's go. <laughs> I've seen that. So let me take my heels off. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be throwing kicks. I'm gonna try to throw kicks to the head. And yeah, and then the, the this funny because no no guy tries to stop it. And usually even the boyfriend's like, oh come on, don't don't do that. Da, da, da. It's just funny. It I, is wild. Was it, was it, I mean, it is. And, and that's in that's in every every country. But the thing is, when you have that many bars like back to back, like for miles, and you're like, okay, you're uh you're going you go into the club and it's dollar this. I mean, when I used to go out, I remember some bars were like a quarter for Long Island iced tea. A quarter. I shit you not. Or oh, dollar you call it. It's like dollar, like some shitty Wells drink. And you just pound them. I, when uh, my friend from France came to town 
that was like 2002. And I mean, you, you go to any bigger city, even Dallas or even New York, like a drink is like $12, right? Like a, a cocktail is like at least mm-hmm. 10 bucks, right? And you come down here and you can get drunk with $10, including shots. Like it's like, you know, we have dollar shots, we have quarter this and we have dollar you call it. And so when you, I, I, I used to do the math. Like if you, if you, when you go out, and usually people don't go out early, right? So mm-hmm. usually it's like, all right, you get, you're going to get downtown, let's say 11 o'clock, right? And you're in a group of four people, fit in a car, you're on your way out, you're just, you're jamming in the car to whatever song, yeah, we're going to go out, we're going to get fucked up, blah, blah, blah. And that is the goal. By the time you get out the car, you walk into the club, you wait, you wait in line, you open your tab, order your first round of drinks, and then, you know, you're on the dance floor, whatever. You go to the bathroom, come back, dance a little more, and you close the tab, and you hop to the next joint. And you repeat that maybe three to four times in one night. So between 11 o'clock and 2 a.m., at, at the end of the night, you really partied for an hour and a half. Because mm-hmm. the, the rest of it was all logistics. Bathroom yeah. breaks. Open the tab, close the tab, order a drink. I don't know what my friend wants. So I got to go and ask her, you know, uh, someone doesn't like the place. So you, you all got to go to the next spot and repeat again. And then somebody wants to eat. Somebody's bitching because the ex-boyfriend is in that same spot or whatever the fuck. And so you take all that shit away. You only have an hour to an hour and a half of solid partying. And yeah. that, within that hour and a half, you're just pounding drinks. You're just pounding drinks and you don't realize how much you're drinking. Next thing you know, last call. Yeah, last call, you get your last shot in and then everybody gets dumped on the street. Everybody that went through the exact cycle of logistical, you know, logistical process with your friends, especially if you're in a big group and you have to like herd people around and shit. An hour and a half, maybe an hour. And within an mm-hmm. hour, you spent $10 on shitty-ass drinks. You're fucked up by 2 o'clock, and everybody's out. Everybody's out. And they want to fight or fuck. Nothing. No in-between. Or eat. Or eat. <laughs> yeah. Fight, fuck, or eat. Depends on what you're trying to eat. Depends on what you're trying to eat. <laughs> no, you good, good idea. But, but, but you know what? It, uh, it, 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 it's funny to see people, like, as soon as they get out, like the first thing they do is they get on they get on their phone. They say, okay, who's out? You know, you up or where should I go or where my friends at? So, wait, so you, you work the door? You work on the weekends or is it just during the week at that place? Weekends, Friday, Saturday, normally. Oh shit, man. Yeah, it's not. See, that's the thing about uh, East Six. It's, it's more chill um, over there. We don't, it, we're not a late night two a.m. spot either. Uh huh. So. Um, it's um, it's just more chill further east because it is kind of east. Oh, it's on um, so, the east. Uh, yeah. Okay. No, no. I thought yeah, you were on yeah, 36 for a second. Oh, no, no, no. 36. I'm on uh, just east 6. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I would never work a, work the door at on 36 ever. Was that you your first? too much shit. You know you got bikers down there, too? Like, isn't that the weirdest? Like, that's the watch. And I see. You know, that's why you, you hang out from 2 a.m. This is why I see these people come, and I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a problem by 2 a.m. 
Vance Martin Lee. So, like, you know, they got these bikers, like an outlaw motorcycle gang who just chills on 36 too. Yeah. They just, like, hang out. Like, hey. Oh, you, you know what the worst of that are? Black people. That is true. You know, you know so we have, um, you ever been here for Relays Weekend? If you've only been here for two like years. Relays? Yeah. Yeah, I was here for the first uh, first year Relays. The first Last year, year Relays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Relays had such a bad rep in Austin. Like it was literally all the black people in the South would come down to Austin and just take over. When I say take over, the gas stations are just full of niggas just hanging out. Uh, and like badass tricked out cars, you know, blasting music. If, if you want, if you wanted to like to, to, to draw a caricature of, and I say caricature, I love my black people, but you know, it's black people and it's niggas, you know, you know, the joke. Yeah. Uh, if you were to draw a caricature, it was, it was that it was like, you know, tricked out car blasting bass, can't even hear shit. Just, just, just parked in the, at a gas station, not doing anything, not even pumping gas, just hanging out. Some, some bars would even board up their doors, like not even open during relays. And the thing is, most people would just hang out on the street, not even going to the bar, just hanging out on the street. You know, give out flyers, just like trying to pick up chicks, blast their music, and I'm like, I've done it. I've done it years and years in a row. Not I mean, nobody cares about the actual sporting event. It's just yeah, the the, the track and field event. <laughs> no, nobody gives a shit about that. <laughs> at the stadium. You're like it's relays weekend. Fuck, stay home. I had friends like I'm not going out. I am not going out on Texas relays weekend because it was like yeah, it's all niggas just on the street, just taking over. If you will call it, so yeah, yeah. If I worked during I that. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> if you don't tip, then, like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so to say, like, yeah, because like, I remember people, someone told me that. I was at a barbershop, uh, and they were talking about Relays Weekend and how the places uh, closed down. He was like, because they don't tip, and it was like, they fight. Because uh, apparently, like, yeah, it does, like, attract a more reckless like on the bar side, like uh, apparently it's like the crowds get kind of rowdy. Um, yeah, it's hood niggas. <laughs> That's what it is. Because I'm descending, like there's got to be like a black people I'm cool with these hood folks. Like I don't know, some of them like we got to keep them like capacity. Like one for every. I have no clue. I you can't, <laughs> you can't. You gotta break it up. No, I mean th- there have been so many issues in Austin about you know, dress code and shit. Like, it'll, it'll, they'll put up on the, on the door. Like, you know, no white tees, no sneakers, no hats, you know, no jerseys. And it's basically describing how black people dress. And yet mm-hmm. you go inside and you see white guys with the same outfit. But they're okay. Oh, yeah, that shit happens all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is not... There's plenty of bars that got in, got in trouble because of that. Um, in Austin and Dallas... Um, but you know, it is a thing. And, and, and every black club, when I say every is literally every, every club that, that turned out to be quote unquote black, like this is the black joint. This is where everybody goes. Didn't survive. 
never did. And it's the same Damn. people because it's basically the same. When I, when I say black club, I mean like, um, like either run by black folks or, you know, they play hip hop, you yeah. know, Thursday, basically all week long. And it, it, and it's like all the promoters who actually throw in black events are going after that same audience. And those clubs rarely make it. There's, there's still a, there's a couple now um, that I know of. Maybe there's more. I don't, I don't know. But um, it, it's always been tough. It's always been tough for us. But, you know, what are you going to do? It's Austin. That sucks, man. We're only 7% black now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit. I don't even know. I mean, I guess it's just like kind of what, you know, I guess Austin's going to be known for. Um, just like, I don't know if you can hear that dog barking. That's all right. Okay, um, go kick that dog, please. Just go ahead, and take, take it outside. But um, yeah, I don't know. It'd be cool to have like more diversity here, just in general. Because like I feel like that's a. a I mean, we look at the black white thing because that's like the obvious thing to spot. But like, I don't think there's much of a diversity of even of the type of people here. No, there's not. Like it, it's all it's all like one kind of brand of people. It's like. Why the Mexican? Upper middle class white kids from who all look, I mean, a lot of them look, think, talk the same, just like from the same kind of, yeah, cut from the same cloth, you'd say. Yeah. And no. it's like, that's what's like a little bit weird to me. It's like, cause like, you, I don't, I don't really see any like white dudes who like are got a fade and Jordan. I don't see many of that either. No. Like, the, I hate to use the, the Chet Hanks kids, but like, I don't see many of that. I don't see many of them. The white boys, summer boys. It's not gonna be white boys somewhere in no. Austin. I mean, I, white people, not <laughs> white boys. So. I know exactly what you're talking about, and, and, and yeah. it's, it's. I mean, nobody. Not that Chet Hanks is the reference when it comes to to, yeah. to a white guy who wants to be black so bad. Um, but yeah, no, we don't. We, we don't really have that. I'm trying to think. Even if we did back in the day, maybe some. Even the the, the hip hop scene. If, if, even if you just take the hip hop scene, we had somewhat of a hip hop scene, but I don't know where it is now. And all the places that that were considered like hip hop, you know, spots like Plush, um, Mercury, which is Parish now, um, mm-hmm. it you know they're gone. So I don't know where you know where where uh, black folks hang out. Maybe I mean actually, yeah. Since they can't afford to live in Austin, they go up to Pflugerville, Huddle, Round Rock. That that's that's, yeah, that's yeah. where it's at now. Um, but yeah, no, we don't we don't really have a diversity here, much of it, honestly. And it's getting tougher and tougher because you know you got to be able to afford to to live in Austin. I'm trying to buy a house right now, but shit is tough as fuck. Yeah, it's like impossible to buy a house right now. From don't tell me that. I'm trying to get. <laughs> I'm sorry. People putting like cash offers on there just like way over asking price. Yo, I had um I lost two bids in the past month uh by twenty five hundred dollars. Second one just yesterday by two thousand dollars. And their homes going up two hundred uh two hundred thousand two hundred K over the asking price. And if you want to live within Austin City limits, like I'd say like 183, 71, Mopac, and uh and 35, half a mil, man, for a shitty house. For a shitty house. Location, 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 but then you're gonna 
fucking spend money on renovation, but it, it, it it's crazy. It's, oh man, I should, should have bought yeah, something wild. a long time ago. But fuck, all yeah. you fuckers moving here. <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey, I'm not I mad got, at that. I am no, not mad at that. I'm, I moved because I pretty much got gentrified out of the community I wanted to live in too. Oh, so really? I'm, kind of, I'm like a, I'm like a refugee. So, um, in California, in North Carolina. Oh, North Carolina. No, 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 North Carolina. So mm-hmm. back in uh, North Carolina, we had a city called Durham. Durham, that was where like the Durham is like Austin if you added more black people. Plain and simple. Really? It's like, yeah. So Durham is like they have like a little. It's like the way the cities are. There's one city, Raleigh, our capital, and then there's Durham. Mm-hmm. Durham is where like all the black people, a lot of the black community live. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just been influenced by it. Things are a little bit cheaper. It's a little bit more like it's still nice. I would say it's like it's not like Austin, uh, but like the, the core community has always been. This is where like the black people live. This is like, like Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, more or less. Actually, for real, like more or less. Uh-huh. Um, Raleigh was where like you know a lot of the wealthier white families lived. Or I mean, of course it changed, and it's a little bit more diverse now, but. Durham was getting like, because when Raleigh started to get really big, big popular city, a lot of people are moving there. They started taking over Durham because Durham was 30 minutes east, west of uh, Raleigh. So a lot of people started moving there. Um, rental prices went through the roof. Dude. Like I remember like to rent an apartment there and in that city was just like 900 a month. And at the time, I was just like, I can't even fucking do it. I was like, yeah, like literally like 900. That's where they were at. 900. For one, one thousand dollars. What? Wait, one hundred. One hundred. No, $900 per month to rent. To rent. That was a long time ago in Austin. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Like, so, um, and this, but this is like North Carolina and it's still not the size of Austin. This is like a small city. So like, uh-huh. I was just like, damn, I do like. I found a place. I got a better paying job here because like the money you can make out there isn't as much as the, the housing market is. Yeah. So like the transplants are coming in with better jobs, all that, like they're getting the, they're able to get the, you know, raise that value. Right. So like, if you're just like from like an everyday average person who just working their way up, man, like that home cost price, it was, that gap was big for us. Then you come here and it's worse. Yeah, it came in, but like, yeah, I mean, in that sense, it was like, there's more opportunities as far as, of course, for comedy, um, as well as, so just like the stuff that's like that's here, but for me, like the price difference from what, like even the price difference wasn't big enough to like say, I can't, I can't do it. Because I found, of course, like there was like the, the cheaper places, cheaper like places to live that like having roommates, I got a roommate now, but. Like back there, it was just like freaking like I don't know what was going on with it, but like that housing market was crazy. Well, there's no there's no stopping it. Uh, it ha- it's happening in every city now. Just Austin ha- happens to be the you know the the place to be right now. Like shit, after 22 years, almost 23 here. I'm like, what? I mean, I'm sticking around because of, because of the opportunity, you know, but. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I'm, I'm not going to die here. That's for sure. I need I need more diversity because I, I like I love going to bigger cities like in New York. I love going to New York. Every time I go to New York, it's like I would never live there. You know, yeah. but just the, the energy of a big city 
I, is I, I love that. I because I, I, I yeah. grew up in a small town in in France outside of uh, Paris, and we were the there were like three black families in the whole town. Three black families. So if I if a black guy got in black kid got in trouble, it was me or this other kid. That's, yeah. that's all. It's that small it was. Like, oh, you know back? Yeah, of course you know back. But you know, what's the, what's the, what's the name of the town? Oh, there's no way you would know. Noisy le Roi. There's no way you would know. I just like the way like French town names kind of sound. They're kind of long. And it it I means like it. it means uh I mean Noisy is just the name, and le Roi means the king. There's Noisy le Roi okay. and there's Marly le Roi. That's right on the other side of the the forest. Uh, but yeah, it's a very very small town. And, um, but I always enjoyed like going to, you know, going to Paris because you get, you know, you see different cultures, people speaking different languages, tourists, of course. It's the same thing when you go to New York. Like you can walk three blocks and hear like five different languages and 15 different smells, you know, <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's a great, it's great. I think it's great. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you, you live in such a bubble out here in Austin that you're like, I mean, you're right. There's a lot of white guys that they'd like, look, I've met your, your prototype hundreds of times. Like what else you got? Yeah. And it, and Austin has always been known even in, in the music scene as much as, you know, people love hip hop and shit, but it was always known to be, yeah, we're, uh, you know, we're a country like white dude with a plaid shirt and a guitar type of city. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you look around, that's that's what we have. It's you know, a lot of dudes with beards and you know, wearing t-shirts and and flip flops all all day, and a long you know, a longhorn shirt and khaki shorts or cargo. Mm-hmm. So it's it is not it is not diverse by any stretch of the imagination. No fucking way. But you know, yeah, we'll stick around. Right. Fuck it. <laughs> We'll stick around. I ain't tripping. I ain't tripping. I'll, I'll be here for another for for a few more years. We'll be here. Um, what was I going to ask you? What 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 else? What else did you do? What else did you enjoy doing? Um, okay, so um, anime, cartoons, games. Uh, I play video games. And I do uh, kickboxing too. Oh, oh, that, Muay Thai. Oh, that's right. I want to give you pops real quick because you were the first person that I talked to that knew what Stingley's wrestling was. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, how the fuck? Like, people don't even, can't even put Senegal on the map. Like, I have a whole joke about nobody know what Senegal is. But, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that you know that that's our national sport and that you actually did it, like, you know what he was and you actually you tried it, right? Well, I mean, I started wrestling just because of that. Because I yeah, started like, in high school, I mean, middle school. All that. So they kind of inspired me just to wrestle. Just to, and that's kind of how it took me into martial arts and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I know it. What did you? Uh, um, so you never really practiced the way that we do it back home. No, no, I didn't. I mean, there's no. I don't think there's any way you could. Do it. I mean, I never knew anyone else who knew it, and I didn't know the rules, and I definitely didn't know anybody else who like could teach me the rules. So <laughs> I can't teach. I was just like, so little, I <laughs> yeah, I was just in North Carolina, you know, living living in the you know the suburbs. So like, yeah, there's no one's gonna. No one really knew. It was anyway. So I just kind of watched it and was like, "Oh, this is this is cool." Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, they wear in diapers and they throw it, they throw each other in the sand. The, but the, the whole ritual behind it is is what's what's fascinating about it. If you don't know what we're talking about, you can go. Uh, Anthony Bourdain did a 
rest in peace, did a episode. It was like, what, what was the name of that show? Parts Unknown, something like that. Uh, he had a whole yeah. episode about Senegal and, you know, the food and everything. You know, when he goes to a country, he also, you know, explores the culture and, and he talked the this show, uh, Senegalese Wrestling and uh, what it's about and the ritual behind it and everything. Or just Google Senegalese Wrestling on, you know, go to YouTube. You'll find tons of clips uh, of that. It, it's, it, it's really, it, it's bigger than football. It's like our national thing. Like mm-hmm. kids and these, these kids that are like 250 pounds are like 19 years old. Yeah. And they're fucking huge. Just freaks, dude. Uh, freaks for no reason. It's scary. Here, hold on. Let me see if I can play. Yeah. Oh, the fuck get to go. (laughs) People go crazy. Oh, he's punching him in the face. The K door. I forgot you can punch. Huh? I forgot you can punch. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, you can punch. You can punch, but I, I think the, the goal is to not have both knees touch the floor. I mean, touch the, the, the ground. Mm-hmm. Something like that. But it's fascinating to see live. And I got to see some. When I go back home, my uncle trains kids. Uh, but it's fascinating to watch. Well, yeah, so you do what? You said uh, jiu-jitsu? No, no, uh, Muay Thai and kickboxing. Muay Thai kickboxing. Oh, you say that like you say that like it's nothing. Yeah, I do Muay Thai. Like, who else does? Is there like a big Muay Thai community in Austin? Yeah, well, I mean, like just in general, just like because with like the popularity of MMA, people like start looking at kickboxing, uh, boxing, kickboxing. So, I mean, I do all those classes really. So, um, but I just started off like I'd say kickboxing. Just you know, how long, how long have you been doing it? Oh, four years. Okay. That is not nothing. And then like compete and all that stuff too? No, I haven't really. I mean, I, I spar all the time, but I haven't really gone to, uh, I guess what it'd be called a smoker. It's just like, basically it's like everyone shows up at a gym at one time and they just like pick and you fight people. Wait, hold on, hold on. You show up at the gym and you go, okay, you come here, I'm going to kick your ass. Or it's like organizing well, like, a tournament know. type shit. It's more organized. So, like, some places do do it like that. Just, like, show up and you'll fight somebody. Uh, but you shouldn't really go to those. Yeah, it's kind of sketchy because, like, they like, there's, like, a, apparently there's, like, a sanctioning body that, like, sanctions smokers because it's still considered, like, amateur athletics. So, like, when they do that, they sanction, you got, like, insurance and stuff like that and make sure that the, business, the, the gym is up to code or I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's basically what it comes down to. It. Yeah, it's like uh, you put your name, wait, like a week before, you put your name, wait, experience, and they match you up with someone of the same weight, same experience, and then y'all just fight. It, it, it's like a martial art open mic. You show up. <laughs> yeah, actually, it is. Yeah, <laughs> Anybody like, can uh, show up. Anybody can show up. Credentials, yeah. no credentials. I mean, some people, some people will show up. Uh, I haven't really fought in one. I mean, I just sparred. Um, I was signed up to do a couple during court, but the quarantine like literally put an end to it. Uh-huh. Um, 
So like you see some people who would show up though, like who you could tell like did not like were just like they were like just backyard kickboxers. Uh-huh. Like they literally just like do this with their friends in their backyard, like on clips and they get from YouTube. So like literally anyone can show up. You don't need to be from like a, a, a reputable gym or a reputable coach. You can just be a guy who's out of your mind and will go. So out it there is an open mic. <laughs> exactly, it is an open mic. Yo, except it will go very bad for a few of you suck. Dude, I, you know what? Don't waste your talents and your skills on Sixth Street at two a.m. Go sign up for uh, how'd you call it? The smoker. smoker. Go sign yeah. up for a smoker. Get your ass whooped. So they have boxing smokers, they have MMA smokers, they have uh, more, uh, well, kickboxing smokers. You can't really, and there's certain rules that you can't do, like Muay Thai. There are early Muay Thai smokers because you're not allowed to elbow in the amateurs. It's like a weird rule for uh-huh. amateur. I think it's like amateur kickboxing and Muay Thai. It's like you can't elbow. Uh, well, you have gear, well, kickboxing, right? Yeah, yeah. You have like protective equipment. You wear um. I mean, gloves, of course, and get these shin guards. Uh-huh. Um, and you can't elbow, and you can only knee to the body. So you can't, like, knee somebody in the freaking head. Oh. Um, and that's pretty much for, like, all amateur, like, fighting sports. Like, you can't really... There's, like, a limited amount of things you could do. Uh, depends, usually. Wow, that that's... I, I would love to watch that shit. I mean, I, I'm I mean, not. Have, I'm, I don't follow like MMA and UFC stuff because I, I think it's. Don't get me wrong. I, I know, I'm sure it takes a lot of skills and a lot of practice to get to that level, to where it can, you know, use like mixed martial arts and just go in the octagon and fuck somebody up. Like I, I get, I get the dedication. I get the passion. I get the, you know, the the training and the hard work behind it. I just don't. I just don't see it. I, I don't, I, it doesn't do anything to me, but let's be honest. Anybody likes to see somebody else knock the fuck out. It's like at 2, 2 a.m. on 6th street. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Did, did you ever get knocked out? Nah. I, well, I mean, like, we, I mean, you can, unless you suck, like I'm not <laughs> shocked, but like you just know what you do. And like, I mean, I, I just did, um, sparring and even when we hard spar you don't try to KO somebody I mean you can I I have pretty decent head movement I can just cover up well so like yeah um, it's not like people aren't good enough in the uh, that's what I'll say people aren't good enough at the amateur level to just like do what someone does on like UFC uh-huh. uh, or like the professional level like you know like it, it's just like that's what I try to tell people like it's like the worst thing is you'll just be just like you won't be hurt you'll just be tired because like it's exhausting like three rounds going rounds two yeah. rounds three rounds it's exhausting so you just don't see the level of skill that's required to like knock someone out unless somebody is just like incredibly un- unskilled some dude who just does ninjutsu in his basement you know <laughs> ninjutsu <laughs> yeah I'm doing some Naruto shit. Like, you'll yeah. see that guy. Can I get one? Can I get one? No. Like, no, that doesn't work in real life, man. You can't. There's no, no shadow clone jitsu. 
no no fireballs you can shoot out no nothing and you see that you see guys who just like guard they're not all the way all the way there and they just want to like i don't know i'm gonna fight i'm gonna fight and you see like especially like boxing you step in like you see guys who are just like yeah I like street fight and then they get in the ring with a boxing match and someone just freaking just <laughs> cracks know, him you know like, it's just like <laughs> You know how hard I would laugh if some if someone tried to fight me and start going Hadouken on me, like just the just the the, the motion. <laughs> like, look, man, it's in this cat that kind of fight. Like, you're yeah, just... you'll have like I saw a guy who was doing like a whole bunch of this. What is he was, that? Like switching his head. It's just like fucking karate shit. I don't know. I mean, it's not even. It's nothing. <laughs> like the wooden man practice. Like Bruce Lee like used to do. It. Yeah. Yeah, like literally, like every time it was like traditional Chinese martial arts. He was doing like every time the guy stepped to the left, he'd go like this, and then he stepped to the right and he'd roll like this, and he'd <laughs> step with his feet, and he'd like he goes, do this, Aww. and he'd try, and he tried he tried to block a punch like this, like freaking karate rocket. Yeah, he tried like a guy tried to like you know like that. It's like the lower arm body block. It's like goes like like this. Yeah. Like, I tried to kick. I was throwing a kick and he tried to block a kick with one arm, which you're not going to do. It's just going to hurt your fucking arm. <laughs> Guys got a lot of confidence, man, sometimes. <laughs> it's fucking funny. Or, or stupidity. A lot of stupidity. No, but, hey, confidence <laughs> will make you do stupid shit. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to block this arm and I'm going to do a Hadouken in your face. I'm going to go. <laughs> well, what, what belt are you? Are you up anywhere? Are there- there, there aren't belts in kickboxing or Muay Thai. It's just um, when you, once you get good enough in Muay Thai, where I feel like freaking like an instructor level, it's called uh, you get this title of crew, which is K R U. Uh-huh. Basically, like it's like the Thai way of saying like teacher or master or something like that. I don't know. Well, how do you move up then? No, there's no ranks. It's just like you get better. It's like boxing. It's like you don't really rank up in boxing. You just like get better at boxing. Like you just. Uh... Um, you know, fight your class weight and then try to, you know, get everybody, knock everybody out and then move on to the next class or whatever, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if you want to compete and be, like, competitive, then what you would do is you would just, like, train and then amateur fight. If you keep winning, then you make your pro debut and then you go and be a professional fighter if that's what you want to do. What do you um, want to do? Me, that's not, no. I'm just, I just learn it just to stay in shape and, like, Knocking my ass kick, like I don't know. <laughs> Especially working at lefties. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Um, so what is uh, what's your what's your dope shit you want to share? Dope shit I want to share is this movie, yeah. a documentary called Class Action Park. Class Action Park on HBO. On HBO. Oh, I saw it. I haven't watched it, but it's on my list. Yeah. How is it? It is a great documentary on what would happen if you give Italians too much money and too much spare time. They, <laughs> they turn a criminal enterprise into a water park <laughs> and like kill nine kids and get away with it. Um, it is the funniest documentary on like just this. I don't even know what kind of generation the people this was, but I'm pretty sure they're in prison now. Uh, but these kids who were just raised in like the eighties, these latchkey kids in Jersey who just went to this water park designed by a maniac, a maniac with mob ties 
who was just like washing money out of the water park, no pun intended. Um, it, it, it's crazy. World's most dangerous Class amusement action. park. Kids were losing teeth. <laughs> it was fucking nuts. What? This kid, he, he, he constructed a loop on his own. Like a loop that you need like a civil engineer with an engineering degree who understands math and, and fucking angles and shit. And like water pressure uh-huh. amounts. You need like engineers to do this. So he made his own loop. Drew it on a fucking bar napkin. A bar napkin. <laughs> what could go wrong? Made it, put it in the park, and was paying <laughs> paying like 15-year-old kids who worked there a hundred bucks to test it out. That is the loop. And it, he made that. And there was just like people getting fucked up. Like kids are going like just like going unconscious, just coming out the other end. Who, what parents is taking their kids to this park? It, it was the 80s. It was like... Oh, it's the 80s. That's all, that's all you have to say. Yeah, it was just... <laughs> I don't know. They were at work. They were somewhere. It was a weird generation. Where you could just let your kids out the house still. That was the last generation. We'd open the door and tell them not to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, it's on my list. I'm going to have to check it out. It got to a point, though. That sounds funny. Yourself. Yeah, it got to a point, though, where the parents were like, you're not going to that fucking park. Like we like, because parents were like talking to each other, and they're like, "Yeah, like my kid has a broken arm. Like my kid's missing teeth. Like my kid's got this. My kid's got that." And they're like, "Stay away from that park." But everyone was still going because there was no rules. The park was run by like sixteen, seventeen-year-olds. That was all of the employees. The managers were like seventeen years old, and like it's a water wow. park, and people were just. There were been, of course, kids died, but uh, the the story behind everything else is just so ridiculous that I don't know, like who the fuck lives in New Jersey? <laughs> it's Jersey in the eighties. What do you expect? <laughs> For real. Uh see, my dope shit. I, I, I started watching this. It's a French uh, series called Inhumane Resources. Inhuman Resources. And it's about this fifty uh, something year old dude who hasn't who's been unemployed for six years, you know, has a wife, lives in a shitty apartment that he's trying to get rid of or at least re- or renovate. And he gets he has a temper and he starts to like act up at where he works in the factory and he has an attitude because he's so disgruntled, like I can't believe I'm fifty seven, I have two two daughters. You know, one of them married to this asshole who's a uh, a lawyer or something like that, and um, no, a banker or whatever. But anyway, but the the premise of it is so ridiculous. It's about this company who is about to lay off where the dude works, like th- thousands of thousands of work- workers, like thousand workers, trying to lay them off. But he wants to test his team of professionals. Like, uh, and he, he figures that the best way to test their loyalty to the company is to stage a hostage situation. And basically goes, we're going to hire this consultant company and they're going to come in, they're going to hire like, you know, basically special forces guys, guys, you know, a team of three people with like arm and weapon expertise, but we won't give them like fake guns and fake bullets 
and blanks. And they're going to walk into a meeting where I have all my, you know, my, uh, my sales manager, my whatever manager, just on a Sunday afternoon. And that team is going to, is like hiring uh, uh, team, uh, SEAL Team 6 to come and do a hostage situation <laughs> and to test them and make sure that they're loyal to the company. And that disgruntled guy ends up being hired to actually monitor the situation and basically run the whole operation just as like an interviewer to make sure that the, the, the staff is actually loyal to the company and not out to, for their own asses. Mm-hmm. So that's the premise of the show. It's a French show. Uh, so there's one season out, you know, you can watch it in English, you can watch it in French with subtitles. It's interesting that the main guy is, uh, his name is Eric Cantona. He was a famous football player, football as in with the foot, football with the foot. Uh, now he's an actor. So, uh, and it tells a story from jail or what happened, how he saw it, how he, you know, he turned his wife away from him and, and all that stuff. And uh, it's interesting. It's interesting uh, as a French the acting sucks if you know French, but it doesn't matter. Just the premise alone is so ridiculous mm-hmm. that you're like, I got to watch this shit. So it's on Netflix. It's called Inhuman or Inhumane Resources. Derapage, uh, if you speak French. Uh, so check it out. It's on Netflix. All right. Will do. Jared, where, people, where can people find you on social media and all that good stuff? All right. On Instagram, you can find me at They Call Me Jared. That's T-H-E-Y-C-A-L-L. M E J A R E D. So all you have to do is remember how to spell my first name, which is J A R E D, Jared, and then it's they call me Jared. And then you can find me on Twitter <laughs> by the handle of Jared, not Jared. So J A R E D, not J A R R O D. Because that's how people always assume my name is spelled is J A R R O D, and it's J A R E D. Really? Yeah. So I made that the most. First of all, I don't look like a. Yeah, I made that the most confusing Twitter handle possible. Jared, not no Jared. shit. <laughs> do you, how many followers do you have? I don't know. Probably that's probably I should change it. Like you can't buy me. You can't buy me. Hold on, four hundred. Hold on, let me find it. Jared, not Jared. Forty on Twitter. Yeah, you have thirty-nine followers. Don't get cocky now. Hey, I'm coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once you hit 40, let me let me follow you so you can hit 40. There we go. See, I told you. There you go. 40. You can into existence. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. But anyway, um, well, good luck to you with the comedy shit. Uh, good luck with the being the whatever guy at Lefties. If people want to come see you on the weekend, just, you know, just go go there, see Jared, ask for Jared. Don't swing at him. I'll swing on it. And just say the feedback sent you. <laughs> and uh yeah follow him on, on social media i know i'm sure i'll see you around as always make sure you follow the feedback bak everywhere on social media uh be on the lookout for hip-hop bingo uh in june june 6th sunday march your calendar i'm gonna I'm be like dripping some info about this so i know we have a great lineup uh, I got a dope DJ coming back. If you've been to Hip Hop Bingo before, you know who I'm talking about, but I'm not going to say it right now. So you'll find out. Um, and yeah, that's it. I'm about to hit up this open mic at the Roma Room. Jared, 
pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Sorry for the sound shit. Uh, it happens, but I, I can't wait to do this uh, back in um, in person. Uh, maybe at a bar or something like I used to. Mm -hmm. uh, things are reopening, so what the fuck that? Yeah. And it's more fun that way. And plus, with all the sound difficulties that I've had lately with comics, <laughs> I'm like, I can't. I, I'm going to put a microphone in your face, and I'll be right across the table from you so we can actually yeah. get decent sound quality. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Anyway, thanks so much for being. Yeah, of course. Thank you for being on, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Yeah. Ciao, ciao.